0: Okay. Anyway, um, most of you know, at least from our small group on Thursday nights in the church I pastored, how many know that I love acrostics? Oh, everybody kind of, at least everybody knows. Anyway, um, out of this passage that we read through, I have an acrostic. So if you want to take that passage, now what kind of word could he come up with, a word that he could come up with this? Well, hopefully, as we study in our, our group on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock, when we study the Word of God, what we do? We do the observation, and then we do the interpretation, and then we do application. And uh, when I was at Moody Bible Institute, they always said, you know, there's like two types of preaching, there's the expository preaching that is really, woo, everybody's got to do that. And then uh, there's the topical. Well, I'm going to put one more in there, and that's the acrostic. I think they should really teach acrostics. uh, Because actually in the book of Psalms, it really talks about acrostics. You know, that's how you remember things and also keep us on track. And so as I get older, it's easier Usually the reminisce and some of my children say, Dad, get to the point. Would you get to the point? So this acrostic will help us get to the point. And the reason why in the book, I did not give you the word, is because I want you guys to take notes. But most of you know that I love to hand out pieces of paper too. And I do have extras up here in case those that um, forget the word or letter that I'm using or whatever. But we're going to start right into... Um, the first letter. And the first letter is C. And the reason why I put C is because if you look at verse 12, it talks about, even if you look in your commentary or your Bible, it talks about his circumstance. So that's the big C. The big C is circumstance. Circumstances are God's tools advance the gospel. We all know that the book of Philippians was written in jail. And that was his circumstances. And over the 32 years that I was pastoring the church, counseling the people, the biggest thing that people talk to me is, Pastor, you don't know my circumstance. Paul wasn't a pretty bad circumstance. Joseph in the Old Testament, very bad situation, right? He was also in jail. That circumstances. Each one of us is going through some circumstance. In fact, when I uh, preach this message, uh, I will tell you how long ago because it's a leftover message that around, okay, 15 years ago, I, I preached that. The reason why I got the hymn book is actually, I actually have the three songs that I picked out. So I used to pick out the songs to go along with my acrostic. You know, one of the songs was, Only a sinner saved by grace. Hey, are we all sinners just saved by grace? I missed yesterday. I would have led them to the baptism. And when I was going through this message, I think all the time, you know, they say, name of the Father, name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why do they say that? It's because each part of the Trinity has a part of your salvation. And you have a part in people's circumstances. I'm updating my story here. This coming weekend, I'll be turning 65. And I have three grandkids, and one on the way. And one of the things I love to do is I love to go shopping with my grandkids. But the big problem with that is sometimes, especially the little one, I won't tell you who, got lost. Anybody ever lost a child in, in a school? And you're kind of looking for them and all stuff, and all of a sudden the child starts to cry. <laughs> And then you pick him up and he stops. Even though the people around and all this stuff and all of these stops, why did he stop? Did the circumstance change? No. But he was in his mom's arms. And so when we think about our circumstances as getting too hard, remember God is always with us. That's why that's why Paul was able to go to jail. The way he did. Because circumstances causes you to do two things. Either circumstances will get you better, or it's going to make you bitter. That is so true in my own life. When I look at my circumstances, what is me? Or do I look at God and see how God can overcome my circumstance? You know, there's two truths that I've learned over the years about circumstance. And I told my kids this. Maybe you've heard this. Children, life is not fair. Anybody ever heard that? Life is not fair. It's not fair. You live in a fallen world. Sometimes, we all get the short end of the stick. Some of us think we probably get it all the time, but life is not fair. Circumstances sometimes you do everything you can, and you still lose your job. That's not fair. But we have two choices: either we can whine about it, or we can deal with it. You know, when I get back home from the men's conference, my wife asked me, Chuck, what did you learn at the men's conference? Well, here's one of the things I learned at the men's conference. When this person worked at a factory, had lunch, we opened this pail, there was a bundle of bologna sandwiches, Tuesday was bologna sandwiches and we were starting to complain and open it up Wednesday again, bologna sandwiches. His, he talked to his buddy and he says, buddy, I'm getting sick and tired of these bologna sandwiches. And his buddy says, well, why don't you ask your wife to do something else? And you, you don't get it. I'm with the bologna sandwiches in the morning. So we can't change our circumstances. I'm totally believing in a quiet time. So important to get into the Word of God every morning. Why can't I live this victorious life that we talk about? Maybe because we don't spend time in the morning with God. The first person we wake up in the morning should be God, praying to Him, you know how many verses? Because I'm going to count. How many verses are in the book of Philippians? How many verses? A lot. You know how many there are? 104. 104. And last week we talked about the word "rejoicing" is 16 times. The equivalent. Are we rejoicing in the Lord in our circumstances? And then the other truth I've learned is that, especially when I was in the military, talking to people about Christ as a soldier, they kept on saying, if only my circumstances was different, then once I get out of the military, then I'll start serving the Lord. If only my circumstances were The grass is not greener on the other side. God wants us to witness for him in your circumstances. Because people can see how you're handling your circumstances. What a great way of dealing with a testimony. Now that is C. Now the next letter should be very easy to figure out. If I give it to you. And why I got it. And that is, now we got C is for circumstance. A is for advance the cause of Christ. Advancing the cause of Christ, and that is in verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers, that, that what has happened to me has really secured to advance the gospel. And uh, one of the commentaries I left there talked about this was uh, God's divine strategy to get into prison. And I was going to say this, but then I decided I'm going to say it anyway and let Carrie get mad at me. Carrie, you're a st- evangelism, right? What a strategy, right? Isn't that divine strategy that God had for Paul to get into Prison? And do you know how many people were in that prison? Those guards? There were like 9,000 guards that were watching over the realm in the Mass. 9,000. That's a lot of people. A lot of people that would have never heard the gospel. To advance the gospel, we need a divine strategy. This coming week, Legation Bible School is coming. What a divine strategy. People need to hear the gospel. We need to have that advanced the gospel. Now the word advanced really means a forerunner. Someone that would come before the army would come. And when I was in the Air Force, I was a security policeman. And so we used to have, like, uh, what you call, uh, things that they training. where one of the people know that I am not a very good marksman. So they let me be the advanced scout. In other words, if I get shot, no big loss. Because I couldn't have shot him anyway. At least they know that the enemy is out there. Maybe it's about being advanced. You need to advance the gospel. Maybe you don't know the whole do's and don'ts about the gospel, but you have your testimony. You have your testimony. That's what Jesus, that's what Paul had. He had his testimony. He didn't say the five spiritual laws was cheered up. He was giving the people his testimony. Probably in the book of Acts he would say, you know, before I became a Christian I used to lock these guys up. But Jesus came along So said, why are you persecuting me? I got saved. I had a encounter with Christ. You didn't have in common with theology. You didn't have in common with whatever. A lot of people say, I'm saved because they know the facts. You're not saved because you know the facts. You are saved when you have a personal encounter with Christ. And it transforms you. And if you study, I had not went to New- I went to movie, New- but I didn't take the languages. I took English. And I didn't do very well with that. But I can look into the Greek, and the Greek talks about this verse, it just doesn't say he was there for Christ, or because of his work for Christ. He was there because he was in Christ. In other words, he was sharing his testimony. This not all the facts, but this is how I got saved. And when I was at Moody, I took a Jewish studies program, and they said, the person, the Dr. Goldberg said, what's the greatest way that you can witness to someone that's not in our faith? And he says, by your testimony, by what God did. You well, know, I'm going to Wisconsin to see my sister that helped me come to know the Lord. And I used to make her cry. I used to try to use her. I used to say, hey, Alita, if you're a Christian, why don't you do the dishes for me? Why don't you do my clothes? But she said no I said well I thought you said you were a Christian and then she would run upstairs and cry and I weep over that but she took me to a revival I got saved not because of the person but because of the power of God Jack the Olympic crusade came to town I went forward I got saved he doesn't even know me personally it is not me, it's the gospel. It's the power of the gospel. And we need to advance the gospel. And you might say, well, when did it start? It started with. God, didn't it? We all have memorized John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed it should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans five eight, but God demonstrated his love towards us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans eight thirty-two, he did that spirit own son that give us all offerings.
1: What uh, the
0: Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit says, I will, in Acts 1.8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, in the ends of the world. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us power. It's the Word of God that advances the cause of Christ. Romans 1.16 I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I can reminisce about my years. I remember getting out of high school and trying to find a job. The only job around was selling vacuum cleaners. Anybody tried to sell vacuum cleaners door to door? It does not work. Especially if you don't believe in what you're selling. But I am not saying anything. I am telling you. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You know, I was talking about care about you putting me in prison. Outside. You know, that might come true one of these days in America. We as Christians might be put in prison. Because what we believe. These pastors... I hope they didn't put my name back up there, Pastor Chuck. Maybe ever, maybe I could skate by or something like that. But one of these days, we could end up jail. And you know, we always used to say when I was growing up, would there be enough to convict you? Did you do enough for Jesus to be convicted as a Christian? See, Paul was put in jail because of what he believed, what he was taught. Advancing the cause of Christ also by prayer. You know, I missed yesterday. I loved to picnic. And I'm turning with Ralph the greatest things I've ever seen. Baptism. To see someone say, I am identifying with Christ. I am dead. Prayer. You want know, to advance the cause of Christ, learn to pray. Colossians 4, 2, 2 Thessalonians 1 talks about constantly in prayer. If you can't make it to Vacation Bible school, pray for Vacation Bible school. Pray for the leaders. Pray that the word of God will put into their hearts. And then also, the advance the cause of Christ, You know, I put down here, and I kind of actually started, the church. God has left the church, the body of believers, working together. We are partners. We are partners. I work at Moody Bible Institute, and we have different partnerships. And we are partners, and we are partners to the gospel. We are all working together to advance the cause of Christ. And when someone says, well, I believe in Christ and I am trying and all this stuff and I say, what church you go to? Well, I don't go to church. and says, well, then you're not following Christ. You need to be locked into a church because this verse of scripture here, if you don't believe me, meditate on it. Ask God, why aren't you going to church or someone isn't going to church either because they became bitter about something. And it's because of their own, maybe, selfishness. But Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We are to encourage one another. I hope this message is encouraging you to advance the cause of Christ. When you look at the the scriptures, and it tells us in verse 13, that the whole imperial guard hearing the gospel, and you might wonder, how in the world did these 9,000 people get to hear the gospel? Well, what happened to you when you got saved? Let's say I led you to the Lord. You were I have guided you or whatever. And you got saved. I know what happened to me when I got saved. I was excited. All my sins. I'm glad I didn't have to list my sins here because that would go all the way down when I got saved. I was so happy. I was so joyful. I told everybody I could, I am transformed. I am changed. And I remember going home, telling my dad. You know what my dad said? I hope he made a conversion at death. But he said, don't worry, son, this will pass. This will pass we are excited now that this will pass. I'm 65 years old, I got saved when I was 17, it will never pass. Because my life has been transformed. And I want my children to understand that, And I want my grandchildren to understand, want to understand them. And I want you to understand it. If it is real, it will last. And that's why I believe in eternal security. This is not all about me. It's about him. What he did on the cross. It's all about the gospel. Now, if we don't get going, that is, myself, we'll never end in time. So we've got C. C is circumstance. A is advance. Now, in the context again, there is a word. See, this is how I do it. I do an observation, interpretation, or application. And then I look for a word, and then I look for letters in the word, and all that stuff. Anyway, it's M. Motive. Motive is very important in this passage of Scripture. If you look at it, it's saying that the motive, there's two motives here. One good motive, right? And one bad motive. But one proclamation, one gospel, they were preaching, they were Christians, but their motives was wrong. They were trying to inflict pain on Paul for being in jail. Their motives were wrong, their message was right. Now, I don't know. Today's church, I think there are probably people that are preaching the gospel rightly, dividing the word of truth, but maybe wrong motives. You might wonder, what's my motive being up here? Hopefully, it's the right motive. To raise the cross of Christ, to show you how much I love you and how much you love me. Because we, in the book of Philippians, it's a wrong motive. It's a love letter to a church that was constantly giving to Paul. Such a great book. Read it every day. If you're younger, memorize it. But what is the motive? You know, I had long motives, and it didn't work. Not as a pastor, but trying to get saved. As I grew up when we walked the aisles, Anybody wanted me long enough? So just as I am without one plea. I know that there's a sinner out there. If you don't want to go to hell, come forward. Come forward. And as a little boy, I was afraid of the hell and brimstone, And I would go up. And I'd ask the pastor, can I have fire insurance? <laughs> I just, you know, I'm young, I want my own life and all this stuff. The moment I get old, like 65, I might have to cash it in. And the pastor hopefully, if he's preaching the gospel, would say no. But I tell you what certificate I can give you give me? I can give you your death certificate. <laughs> Wait a minute, death certificate? But isn't that what the gospel is? You look at Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I learn that Christ lives in me. When you are baptized, you're saying that you're dead to death, that you're raised again with Christ. What? Do I hear an amen? Amen? No, I shouldn't. Thank you. It's so true. We are dead in Christ. Do over. We live for Christ. Our motives is for Christ. Motivation. So very important. Because if the motive is wrong... And somebody else maybe gets whatever, you might get bent out of shape. Now, one of the things people ask me, Chuck, do you miss being a pastor? Do you miss preaching on Sunday morning? You know, I really don't miss being a pastor. We need to pray for Ralph. We need to pray for Carrie. Anybody in the ministry, pray for him. Because when I used to go to pastors' conferences, they wouldn't know me. And they sit around the table. And you know what the first or the second question is? How big is your church? What's the number of your church? And sometimes I would love to say, well, you know, my church is around? Me? I have to lie. I tell you two, I lied. About 4,000 people. And they'd say, 4,000 people! Uh, are you scheduled for fun this week? You know? No! It's not about the numbers. Then when I said what? Right, it's about 20, 30 people. They f- I thought they thought I had the plague. But we all get caught up with the voters. And it's not. It's not how big your church is. It's how big your church is participating in the gospel. We are not here to fill the pews. We are here to work for Christ. We are here to dance the cause of Christ. You know, I'm in business and I love business. And one of the biggest reasons why businesses fail sometimes is because they become too big not mobile And we need to advance the cause of Christ and be mobile. Give out our community and spread the gospel. What is our motive for life? It should be... Now, let's see. C. J.B. Stance. A. Advance the cause of Christ in motives. Now we're scratching the word. What kind of word, word is he coming with? Well this might word for E. The word E, we are to exalt Christ. Exalt Christ is so very important. In this passage of scripture, we are to exalt him. If you have wrong motives, you will not be exalting Christ. You will be trying to advance your own agenda. But if you're totally in exalting Christ, you will not become bitter. I've seen so many people in the Christian church become bitter because of their circumstances, because they tried to advance to Christ, because of the wrong manners. If it's all about Jesus, you will get rid of your bitterness because you have been dead to Christ already. It's your evil. You know, when we used to go to church, we used to sing this, you know, just as I am without one plea. We need to confess our sins daily. If there's any root of bitterness, the Bible says, get rid of it now and exalt Christ. We need to understand the exalting Christ. When we come to church, it's just not to hear the messenger, but it's to hear the message. Sometimes people flock to hear so-and-so and flock to hear so-and-so, but it's not the so-and-so that's important. It is the message. It's the, what the Word of God says. It's he exalting himself or is he exalting Christ. When I was in the service, people used to ask me, Chuck, "What do you do for them? And I used to say, "Well, I read the Bible." I shouldn't have said that. They were lost. They just laughed at me. But I love to read the Bible. I love to see how Paul probably knew what happened to Joseph in jail, and his circumstance, and his attitude, and how he wanted to exalt Christ. Isn't that what we want to do in our lives? Totally exalting Him? No matter what circumstance that we're going into. You know, in the last verse that talks about verse 18, Um, I didn't know that I was supposed to preach all the way through verse 19. So I only got to 18. So whoever comes after me, maybe can pick up verse 19. But aren't you glad that I'm not just constantly going to verse 19 now, so we can get out of here? No. But it says, what does it matter? What does it matter? What about Paul's life? What does it matter? As long as the gospel is preached. I'm excited to be part of Good News Bible Church. But I would love to change the name. I would love to change it to not just good news, but great news, the greatest news. Isn't it the greatest news? It's just not good. It's great. It's the best news that we can tell someone about the gospel. It's what I live for. My dad used to say, I need something to live for. I said, the only thing that I live for is Christ. Accept Christ. Be transformed to Christ. And you will be set free. But you know, there's so many people that look at people or look at Christians. I've been to conferences. This story talks about this conference. All these pastors were at this big convention, and it was let out, so they went to a convenience store, and they bought you know, chips, and they bought coke, and they bought a newspaper. And this one guy that was there brought, got some, like, micro or cough medicine, and they would diamond. and the lady that was very cheerful says, hey, "And what, what? do you preach? And the guy with a sour face would say, lady, give me a break. I look that way because I'm sick. We get the pastors for the songs and all that stuff. And it's a bad joke, but it's sometimes real. Sometimes it's real. How do we run around? Wise me or praise me. Praise God. I am saved. I'm not under my circumstances. I am over my circumstances. I am advancing the cause of Christ. My motive is not me. It's Jesus. I want to exalt him. Now you're wondering, those four letters and it says five words. what in the world is the last letter? The last letter is O. The last letter, an opportunity. I'm 65 years old, I don't know how many more days i got left. In fact, my friend child, when he looks at me as a group, you're getting so old, are you ever gonna be tired at and, and come to visit us and live with us? Oh, that just breaks my heart. So I have to say, well, let's see in our circumstances, the dancing because of course what's as good and what is best. That's what our decision is as Christians. What is the good thing I can do, or what is the best thing? the best thing that Paul understood about the gospel was being presented. Not because of the motives. God's going to take care of those motives. That's another message, if you want to say. But the opportunity. Now, I want to see if you guys are with me or not. What in the world is that word? What is it? what does it mean? What is it? Snapshot. Snapshot. Or, you know, like it actually is kind of like in the arts, it talks about um, a brief appearance or Snapshot. It talks about, uh, actually, talks about someone that doesn't speak in a movie, but just comes and says, oh, there's Rock Hudson. Or, oh, there's the guy that used to be the guy. He's a cameo experience. Do you know that in the book of James, it talks about our lives are but a vapor? Paul's gone. Joseph's gone. One of these days, something's going to be gone. Right? We all have a cameo experience here on earth. Take that opportunity to bless the cause of Christ. You know, they gave me this little thing, how long should I end the you know, how it's 11 eleven twenty-four. They wanted me to end at eleven twenty-six and I don't like the letter six and the Lord put me on the sixth floor of crawl. Crawl. said, you know, I used to be on seven, I used to be on nine, three, but they put me on six. This is a check. Superstition is bad. You know, every time I wake up and have my alarm clock and it says uh, 7.06, I go back to bed for one more minute. Because I do not want to get up at 6. God is superstitious or what? But we have a cameo life. Such a short period of time. And I want to end with this prayer. I hope that you use your cameo experience to God. Don't let your circumstance overwhelm you. Advance the cause of Christ. Watch your motives. Always exalt, exalt Christ. Take every opportunity. Remember Vacation Bible School. I wish I was going to be there. Especially after yesterday when I talked to my daughter and the two-year-old was crying on the phone. <laughs> you had the two-year-old picture tantrum. And my daughter couldn't say, uh, uh, Elizabeth, do you need to go? <laughs> take it <in? laughs> No. It's such a great opportunity. Get involved with kids. Pray for them. Vacation. Box. Get involved with the Mosaic group. I love those guys. They gladly take my handouts. And I do have handouts and I put downstairs. I think our Mosaic is up to, well, I think there's a, One more minute. Oh, no, no more. It's 11.26. I can't end it now. i got one more minute. Give me one more minute. Give me one more minute. And and those that go on the web, go on the web and type in CAMEO and you will not see my acrostic, but you will see one acrostic there. Now what would CAMEO mean in acrostic? It really means come and meet each other. So after the message tonight, okay, tonight, we better think it is tonight, come downstairs. Have a care experience. Come and meet each other. Now we pray. Can we follow this? Do you follow let us do thank you for the privilege.